Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the African People Podcast. This podcast is about Africa, regarding the political side, the historical side, the cultural side, so many more. Each week, I deliver my best thought and analysis regarding Africa. Here, your host, Amaduba. Today, I have a special guest with me here. His name is Ahmed Dillian. He's the managing director for US Africa Housing Finance. He's here with me to talk about housing finance. Thank you so much, sir, for joining me. Uh, great to be here, Amadou. Look forward to a, a good conversation. Can you give us some background on US Africa housing finance and how you got into this business? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so I started US Africa housing finance a little over three years ago. And uh, at, a, at a very high level, um, it's basically a, a financing company uh, that helps finance uh, African diaspora, um, mostly from, uh, or actually exclusively from West Africa and, and really focused uh, at the moment on the country of, uh, of Guinea, uh, Guinea-Conakry, I guess, as, as some folks uh, refer to it, um, but expanding to other uh, neighboring countries as well, like Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ghana, and so forth. Um, and, and basically, the, the idea behind the company is uh, it's you know, very focused on the, uh, the African diaspora. So mm-hmm. diaspora living in um, you know, various OECD countries. So obviously the US, uh, you know, UK, France, Belgium, Germany, uh, Australia, those kinds of countries. And uh, I work right now um, very exclusively with uh, another American company uh, whose name is American Home Builders of West Africa. Uh, and they're a developer. So they um, build houses uh, and are focused uh, on building uh, sort of, uh, let's call them Western style or American style uh, housing in neighborhoods uh, in, in West Africa. And again, you know, focused uh, at the moment specifically on, on Guinea uh, Conakry. Do you extend finance across Africa or just West Africa? Uh, so it's, it's, as I say, very much focused uh, uh, on, on West Africa. Uh, and, and that's, you know, we don't have anything against, uh, you know, the, the rest of Africa that it's, it's all equal to us from that perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the company American Home Builders, in fact, it's called American Home Builders of West Africa. Uh, the founders of that company, you know, who are two, two Americans um, and, and one of them uh, is actually a very close friend uh, and, and classmate of mine from business school. Uh, they uh, they spent time in, in uh, West Africa, specifically in, in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, in the Peace Corps. And, and so they have a, a certain affinity or liking for for that part of, of Africa, you know, particularly Francophone uh, West Africa. So, so that's the reason why we're focused, uh, you know, mostly in, in that region. Um, no, no other reason. So, how important is housing finance? So, um, so it, it's critical, right? So, anybody who knows anything about uh, the way housing works, uh, you know, not just in Africa but around the world. You know, realizes that without financing, very very few people could could afford uh, to to live in the house that they live in today. If I take my personal uh, example, so I, I happen to live in the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, and you know my my own house that I'm I'm speaking from right now. If if I couldn't get a loan from a bank uh, to finance this and and make monthly payments, uh, which is the way you know probably ninety ninety plus percent ninety five percent maybe of people. Uh, buy a house. If I couldn't get that loan from a bank and I had to pay cash for this house, there's no way I could do it. I, I wouldn't be living in this house that I'm in right now. Uh, I would have probably had to live in a much cheaper and, and much smaller, uh, smaller house. Um, and so it's certainly no different, uh, of course, in uh, in West Africa. Um, so I, I think it's it's fair to say if you don't have uh, a robust uh, housing finance infrastructure, 
it's very, very difficult for, for large numbers of people to own, uh, own properties. How do you help the West African people finance their houses? Yeah, so, so maybe the, the best way for me to answer that is to perhaps give you an example. Um, and and Amadou, maybe I can just use you as an example. So, um, you know, let, let's say, uh, you know, you're, you're, I believe, in, in New York. Um, and let's say you decided, you know what, uh, I want to buy a house in, in Conakry. Right, because I think that's where you're you're originally from, and and you know you may want to buy that for many reasons. Maybe you have parents that that you know are are back in in Guinea, and you want them to live there, or some relatives, or maybe you go back and forth for business purposes every year. Do you want a place, or maybe you just want it as an investment, or perhaps you want to retire there. I mean, it could be you know many reasons. But let's say you decide, okay, I I would like to own a house in in Conakry. Um, the way I think it's typically done, and, and I think your, your listeners will appreciate this, uh, perhaps even even more than me, since I'm, I'm not uh, you know part of the African diaspora. The way it's been done uh, in pretty much every country is you try and do it on your own, which is extremely difficult, right? To project manage a house being built in uh, you know in a different country, you, know, you have to find somebody who you can trust to uh, to do that, and you know you wind up running into issues with you know people taking money from you or promising you things and not doing things. And, you know, it's overall a mess to do it that way. I think any African diaspora member who's tried to do it uh, will admit that it, it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so really what, what American Home Builders of West Africa has done and, and through partnership with U.S. Africa Housing Finance is we've made that process uh, almost identical to the same process that an American or a German or person in the U.K., would use to buy uh, a, a house in, in those countries. Meaning, you decide what house you want to buy, you negotiate the price, you find the location, you sign a legal contract, then you you do some due diligence uh, in terms of um, you know, your, your credit worthiness and you get a loan for it. And then every month you make a, a payment. And as long as you keep making those payments, the house is yours. And once the, uh, the payments are finished, uh, then you get the title and You know, it's your property and you, know, you, you do with it whatever you want. Um, so we've made that same sort of process possible for uh, African diaspora, West African diaspora living, you know, as I say, U.S. or Western Europe so that they can buy a house back in Guinea or, you know, other countries in West Africa the same way they buy a house in the United States. Can you please explain to us how the payment work? Yeah, sure. So, so the, the, there's nothing really very special about the payments. Once you've signed the the, the paperwork, um, all transactions I should mention are in U.S. dollars. So we only transact in U.S. dollars. So the loans are in dollars, repayment is in dollars, the pricing prices on the houses are all in dollars. Uh, and I should give you a sense. At least in Guinea, the pricing is roughly uh, you know, on the low end, twenty-five thousand U.S., um, which is more of a sort of a condo style house, I guess you could say. Um, Uh, all the way up to about two hundred thousand, and and everything in between, and and uh, so in terms of the way you make the payment is it's pretty much just uh, typically uh, the way you would do it uh, in the U.S. So you know often it's just a direct uh, bank uh, bank transfer every month, you know, an auto pay type of thing, um, where you know let's just say your payment is you know five hundred and twelve dollars. I'm just making up a number. That amount of money is is taken from your bank account. Uh, every uh, every month and that pays down the uh, principal and interest uh, in the same way that it would if you got a, a mortgage on a house here uh, uh, you know in New York or Dallas or you know wherever let's talk about uh, like because they would like to know for the down payment how is the down payment work and then can sure. you give us more detail about it and some example please 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we will uh, U.S. Africa Housing Finance or U.S. AHF, as I refer to it, um, uh, will only um, finance seventy percent of the purchase price. So that means that the the buyer has to come up with thirty percent down. So, for example, if you were buying a hundred thousand dollar house, uh, in order to to get the financing, you'd have to make a down payment of thirty thousand, and then the remaining seventy percent or seventy thousand dollars in our example uh, would be uh, you would make payments, uh, and and our terms are ten years. Uh, so you make payments. So it's a hundred and twenty payments. Uh, uh, out over 10 years, and our uh, interest rate is 12 percent uh, interest, which you know, to to an uh, average American might seem a little bit high. But but if you go and try and talk to people in Africa and, and try and get a U.S. dollar uh, loan, uh, you'll find that 12 percent is actually quite uh, quite a great rate. So just to talk about uh, um, because in the finance industry we have to talk about default. What is default exactly? So a default, by definition, of course, is um, someone who doesn't you know make their monthly payment. And we follow uh, pretty much standard um, practices, which is uh, 90 days. So essentially three months. So if a, a borrower doesn't make a payment uh, in three straight months, um, then we, we have the legal right. And, and this is all done in a, a legal contract, a U.S. legal contract. And we have the right then to, uh, uh, to take the property. Which we, you know, we fortunately only had to do uh, uh, two times thus far, um, and, and right now my portfolio has 33 loans, um, and it's been running for three years. So pretty, pretty small percentage of uh, of default, uh, actually. All. Let's say if they default on the mm-hmm. loan payment, do you take right. their house right away? Uh, yeah. So, so what we typically try and do is we try and work with the uh, the borrower. Um, And and try and see if we can restructure things in in such a way uh, that they don't lose the house. Um, our, our interest is is not in in people defaulting. So uh, you know we try and do everything that we can. Uh, and and I'll give you an example. So so right now during the uh, the COVID nineteen uh, you know the pandemic that we're all dealing with, um, you know we've reached out to all the borrowers and it, if they proactively let us know that look for a temporary period of time, uh, you know we're having some some challenges making the payment. Um, you know we're willing to. Uh, you know, particularly during this time, you know, extend that. Uh, we have one borrower, for example, that uh, said that, that they could make the interest-only uh, uh, part of the payment, so that reduced the monthly payment. So we said, fine, for for three months, they're just going to pay the interest um, and, and not the principal part. So that lowers the amount that they have to pay uh, every month. So, uh, so no, yeah, we 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 work very closely with them. We we try our best not to. Uh, To take the property back, and actually, the, the two two defaults we've had so far, in both of those cases, the the borrower actually reached out to us and told us that that they weren't going to be able to uh, continue to make the payment, um, and, and so you know we were able to work with them. Um, and in fact, you know, w- w- the very first default we had, um, it was it was a woman, and uh, I think she had some some medical some medical challenges, which is you know why she couldn't continue on. And the loan, if I recall from memory, was something around fifty-five thousand or fifty-two thousand, and um, we we resold the house for ten percent more than she had paid for it, uh, you know, a year earlier. And so as a result, she wound up losing, I think, about four thousand uh, dollars, but got everything else back. So uh, she was actually quite quite satisfied that, uh, you know, she thought she was going to lose a lot more than four thousand dollars, but but that's all she wound up losing. Do you provide finance in the commercial or business sector? Uh, no, no. I am exclusively focused on financing um, 
housing and specifically houses that are built uh, and sold by American home builders of West Africa. What about uh, do you work before individuals too? Uh, I do not work no with individuals no I, I as I say uh, you know I, I essentially buy loans from uh, American home builders of West Africa so they work with the uh, individuals who want to buy the diasporans who want to buy the houses and then after they've sold them the house and originated the loan I then buy the loan from American home builders uh, and, and that's how I uh, I pay my investors let's talk about the terms So what are the terms of the home financing contract? For example, what interest rate do you charge borrowers? Right. Yeah, so so the the terms are actually quite straightforward. Uh it's a 10-year uh repayment period. So as I say 120 payments. Um it's 12% interest. Um and uh there's no prepayment penalty. So you know, you can you can pay it off at any time. And in fact, we've had I've had several borrowers um about three I think right now so far that have paid paid off the the, the loans um you know in in less than three years. Uh and in and in fact if you were to look at my portfolio right now which has as, as I say 33 loans uh the LTV or loan to value is 60% which basically means if you take any individual loan you randomly pull a loan from from my 33 about 40% of that loan is already paid off. There's only 60% left to go. Um and the reason I say that is because uh, you know people are are you know our, our borrowers are very eager to pay these loans off. It's a very high priority for them and and they don't want to to wait 10 years if they don't have to. So let's talk about because this is about Africa. So let's talk about when investing in US Africa housing finance is one investing is one home finance contract or group of them. No, so so all my investors uh, and and I should mention that um uh you know i take in private uh, investor capital so that's you know typically from individuals um you know could could be any individual uh, it's all us dollars of course um and most all, all my investors other than one are uh in the us i have one investor from the uk uh, as well so i can take international investors as well um but all my investors um invest in ushf uh, they become a a shareholder in ushf um and um that their risk is spread across the entire 33 loan portfolio and and that of course is growing you know as i speak it's 33 loans but you know if you were to have this conversation in a couple of months you know it will have grown to some other number you know it's, it's been going up uh, pretty steadily okay let's talk about because you know some people they have been here for a long time and then they have retirement uh, account so can one invest in US Africa housing finance from their individual retirement account Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh yeah, in the US they're known as IRAs or individual retirement accounts. Uh yes, yeah, you can definitely invest in uh US Africa housing finance via an IRA. In fact, I have uh four or five, I can't remember if it's four or five, but at least four um uh individual investors who have invested in US Africa housing finance via their uh, their IRA. So, yeah, definitely uh there's a a little process you have to go through, but it's well understood and you know, I can gladly guide anybody through that if they're uh, if they're interested. And uh, like how long does someone have to commit their money to invest in US uh, US US Africa finance? Uh 4 years. So it's a it's a 4 year term. So uh, there's a obviously a legal agreement which uh you know has to be signed by both sides and essentially uh an investor has to uh uh commit to to having their money uh, invested in US AHF for 4 years. And then at the end of four years, they have the right to uh, in, uh, 
uh, ask for their their money back. So you know, let's say someone will invest fifty thousand dollars today. Um, you know, they they would be getting their uh, their return uh, every quarter. Which, uh, if the last three years are any guide, um, and they should be, uh, it's a nine percent. Uh, it's been a nine percent U.S. dollar return. So you know, if you invested a hundred thousand dollars, you can expect to get uh, you know right around nine thousand dollars a year in um, uh, in investment return. You know, every year for for four years, um, and then at the end of four years, you have the right to ask for your original money back. So if you had invested a hundred thousand, then you'd ask for a hundred thousand dollars back, um, and then I have a hundred eighty days or six months to to return the money to you. Can you give us some example about that, please? Uh, in, in, an example of uh, uh, of an investor or or yes, somebody. Yes, an investor. So I've actually, to be honest, have not had an investor uh, to date ask for their money back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, largely because the fund's only three years old, um, so there, you know nobody's hit the four-year point. And in fact, the very first person to hit the four-year point will be me. I was the very first investor in the uh, U.S. Africa Housing Finance. I'm, I'm of course the managing director. I manage it, but uh, I have uh, a, a significant amount of my own personal investment in the uh, in the business. Um, so uh, and I, I don't plan to ask for the money back at the four-year point, um, but I, I actually don't expect most people are going to uh, to even want to take it back after four years because I mean to be honest with you, if you're getting nine percent U.S. dollar uh, return year after year on your money, uh, that's you know pretty pretty decent. Why uh, uh, you know what, why would you want to stop that unless you have some you know desperate need for the money uh, which you know some people may but um, i suspect the vast majority of my investors are just going to keep going okay let's say someone who wanna someone wanna get a house in africa west africa and he doesn't have the 30% down payment do you have another plan to work with him or her? yes yeah so so i'm i'm speaking on behalf of uh, american home builders of west africa now who's you know the partner company i work with but But yeah, they they do. So so they have what's known as a, uh, a EDPP. I think that stands for Extended uh, uh, Down Payment Plan. I believe, yeah, EDPP, Extended Down Payment Plan. Um, and essentially, what the way that works is um, so so. Let's use you as an example, Amadou. Let's say you came to uh, American Home Builders and you said, okay, I I want to buy a house. It's a hundred thousand dollars. I don't have thirty thousand dollars down. Let's say you know maybe I have twenty, and, and I. I You know, I don't have the last ten thousand. So what they'll do with you is they will allow you up to twenty-four months, so two years, um, to make a monthly payment. Um, you don't actually have the house at that point. You're, you're just making a payment into an account um, so that you can get up to that thirty percent level. And if within two years you can get there, then they will uh, give you a loan and and they'll do the house and and. and And all is fine. Uh, if you can quit at any time, you don't lose anything. You can get the money back. You know, you can say, "Hey, look, I, yeah, I just can't do it, or I don't want to do it anymore." They'll give you the money back, whatever you put in. Uh, but that's a, a, a way. You know, this extended down payment plan is is a way for uh, those who don't have the thirty percent to build that up over over two years. And and frankly, from my perspective, uh, it's very very helpful um, uh, if somebody's been on an extended down payment plan. Um, because I know if you know somebody for 10 months, 12 months, 14 months has made a payment um, in order to get to the 30% down payment without even having a house, then they're probably at pretty good risk. There's a very, very, very high chance that once they actually get the loan, uh, they will not default. Because if you can make a payment for you know 12 or 14 months 
uh, without even having a house, then once you have the house, you know, presumably you will uh, you'll keep paying. Do you check the credit card score? Uh, yeah, so so we use standard um, uh, what you call underwriting or you know standard te- techniques that are used. You know, the people who anybody who's taken a bank uh, loan in the United States or, or in Europe would be well aware of. So there's a credit score available. We we take that. Some you know some people don't have a credit score, um, and and that's fine. That doesn't disqualify you. Um, you know we look at uh, three months of bank statements, um, your pay stubs, uh, you know a variety of different uh, you know assets that you have, money in the bank, you know those sorts of things. Uh, you know, very standard uh, uh, requirement, taxes, you know, that sort of thing. The one unique thing, as I mentioned, was this extended down payment plan. That that's a a unique uh, aspect of our underwriting. That you know, I, I don't think there's any bank in the United States or any developer in the United States that allows you to do that, where you know you're paying, trying to get a down payment over a period of time. Just to follow up to that question, what is exactly the requirement? The requirement to get a loan? Yes, the requirement to get a loan, please. So yeah, so the requirement is is obviously the thirty percent down. Uh, mm. So let's assume for the sake of discussion, one has the thirty percent down. Uh, that's a you know a big hurdle. But once you get over that, um, then once we do a, a, a credit check and and your your uh, employment and all that, uh, you basically have to have um, enough money at the end of each month uh, to make the the payment and then have a little bit of a, a buffer. In other words, the uh, amount of free cash or you know. Cash that you have left after you paid your, you know, uh, maybe your apartment rent or utilities and all that has to be enough to cover the payment and and a little bit more. Uh, it's usually a ratio of about 1.2. So you have to have at the end of the month, um, you know, 20% more uh, extra income than um, you know what the payment is. Pretty okay. pretty standard stuff. Yeah. So what is LTV mean in the finance industry, please? LTV, yeah, so so that's a, a very common term in uh, uh, in the mortgage industry. It uh, stands for loan to value, so L O A and loan to value. And really, what it is is a ratio of uh, how much you owe on the loan to to the value or the the sale price of the house. So so let me give you an example. So that same hundred thousand dollar house that we talking about again, just I just use that number because it's a very round, easy number. So let's say you bought a house. Uh, from us, you know, sale price is a hundred thousand dollars, and you made thirty percent down payment, so thirty thousand. So you took a loan of seventy thousand. Right, right away, the LTV on that house is now seventy uh, percent or point seven, because it's the the loan amount seventy thousand divided by what you paid for the house one hundred thousand. So seventy over one hundred thousand is of course point seven. So it's a point seven LTV. Uh, and as I pointed out, uh, the overall LTV of my portfolio, all 33 loans, is uh, 0.6, so 60%, which then means the on average, um, 60% of the loan is left to be paid, um, but that means 40% is already paid off, so 0.6 LTV. Okay, let's talk about another one called uh, the IPA. What does that mean too in the industry, in the finance industry? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this this is probably a term people are not that familiar with. Um, uh, IPA stands for Installment Purchase Agreement, uh, and so so I have to give you a little bit of background in order to explain what that means. So yes. so most people m- most people when I when I say mortgage, uh, you know, people sort of understand what that means. Oh, okay. A mortgage is I yeah uh, you know, I get a loan from a bank and um, you know. It, it's almost always for a house, and I make monthly payments. And um, you know, if I don't make those payments, 
the the bank can repossess the house, can take it back. Technically, what American Home Builders is offering is not a mortgage. Uh, typically, and, and I use the word typically because it's not always the case. Typically, in the case of a mortgage, the uh, the the home buyer, the, the borrower, I should say, the person living in the house, has the title to the house. Uh, but the bank has what's known as a lien against it, meaning they have a legal right. Uh, you know, if you don't make this payment, they have the legal right to take the title away from you and, and essentially take possession of the house. You know, that's typically the way it works in, in the United States. Uh, in our case, um, if we sell a diaspora member a house and they finance it, like, you know, you want to do, let's say you bought that house, that $100,000 house we keep talking about, um, you don't actually have the title to that house. Uh, while you're making payments. The title actually is stays with American Home Builders of West Africa. So if you were to go to the housing ministry in, in, in Conakry uh, and look at you know the, the particular house that you, you bought for $100,000 uh, that you're making payments on, it would say that the owner is actually American Home Builders of West Africa. Uh, once you pay off that loan, uh, you know, after 10 years or, or if you pay it before, then the title gets switched from American Home Builders to, to you uh, and then you know, if you went to the housing ministry, you'd say, oh, Amadou owns this this house. Um, so so for that reason, um, you know, technically speaking, the the, uh, the method by which we sell these houses, this IPA or installment purchase agreement, is almost like a lease to own kind of plan. Um, you know, effectively, it makes no difference to the buyer. It's the same thing. You're making monthly payments and at the end, you get the house. Uh, so it really is more of a technicality than uh, anything that really, uh, you know, practically makes a makes a difference well now let's talk about the risk because it has to be risk just uh what are the main risks involved us africa finance uh yeah so so the the main risk um I, the main risk is 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 what one would think which is just default risk meaning um you know somebody takes the loan uh and doesn't make the payments um and and you know that's you know, uh, by far the, the, the most significant risk. Um, but the reason why that risk, uh, I, I believe, and, and at least the last three years of data that I have from running the fund have, have borne this out, uh, the reason why I think that risk is relatively low is, is really for two reasons. Um, one is uh, this LTV we keep talking about. So, uh, you know, think to yourself, if, if you've already paid 40% for something, and only 60% of it is left to go, uh, you're not going to default on that very easily because you don't want to lose that 40%, that hard-earned money, that 40% you've already put into this, you know, be it a house or a car, or, you know, whatever it might be, some possession. Uh, so that right there is, is reduces the risk very significantly. And, and to be very frank with you, uh, at this point, if you have 40% already paid of that $100,000 house, meaning only 60,000 is left, even if you default, that is not a problem for us because we can easily resell that house uh, probably for more than what you paid because of inflation the, the uh, prices are, are rising for these houses right as, as typically happens in uh, developing economies right uh, land values property values tend to rise year over year and even if it's only a modest you know one or two percent that's still you know uh, going up so um so, so the actual risk of, of, a, of a default isn't very high um, you know, to start with when you've got 40% already paid off and, you know, prices are rising and you have the ability to resell the houses. Um, because, you know, as I think all your listeners will, will, will recognize, uh, there's a severe shortage of housing in, in, in Africa in general, certainly in West Africa, 
um, but you know, in New Guinea and those countries, but but in Africa everywhere, there's there's no African country that I'm aware of that that you know has enough housing for for the people who want it. It just doesn't exist. So. Um, you know, the ability to resell these houses is, is you know, it's, it's not very difficult to, to resell if somebody does default. Um, so, so that's reason number one why, um, you know, we don't expect to see large numbers of defaults. And, and so far we haven't. The second reason is, uh, and, and this is very specific to, uh, to um, you know, immigrants, let's say, or, or even, you know, not just Africans, but, but immigrants in general. So imagine yourself, if you were to buy that house we keep talking about back in, in Guinea, um, you know, you'd be very proud of that. Um, I, I, mean, I think it's fair to say, and, and you know, your, your listeners can feel free to disagree with me, but I think every immigrant, uh, you know, not just from Africa, but from, from other, other countries, and, and I'm, you know, just to let you know, I, I'm an Indian American. Um, I've you know, grown up in the United States, uh, you know, never effectively lived in India, but my parents immigrated from northern India, uh, uh, you know, quite some time ago. And so I understand that sort of immigrant mentality. And so, you know, I think every African who, who moves to the U.S. or Europe or wherever it might be, they all have that dream of wanting to buy a house with their hard-earned money, you know, from whatever their work they're doing in the U.S. or Germany or Belgium or wherever. They have this dream of, I want to buy a house back in Guinea or Kenya or Senegal, you know, wherever they're from. And and that is almost a, a badge of honor for any, any immigrant, right, to be able to say, yeah, I, I left... I worked hard, I made good money, and you know what? Uh, I've now bought a really nice house back you know, in the country that I came from. Uh, and, and let's be honest, people are proud of that. They're gonna brag about it. Right? They're gonna tell anybody who will listen, their cousins, brothers, uncles, friends, people they went to high school with, everybody. They're proud of it, and they should be proud of it because yeah, they succeeded in, in, a, in a significant way. And so the last thing that they want to do after you know, having succeeded is to then lose that house. I mean, that's almost worse than not having it in the first place. Um, so, so really what I'm getting at is sort of the emotional aspect of a diaspora, an African diaspora, buying a house back in the country of their birth. The emotional aspect around that is so strong that they just do not want to default. Uh, they, they will cut, you know, other expenses out, uh, you know, other living expenses before they will not make that payment on, on the house back in, in, in Africa. Um, and and you know, that's not just me saying it. We, I, I've seen you know multiple, many examples of that in my portfolio. Uh, you know where people were under financial stress, but they still made the uh, the house payment for for the house back in Africa, and you know m- might have not made a payment for something else. Where do you get the money from to invest? Uh, so so uh, those are it's all from private investors. Uh, so as I say, uh, I think I have. I don't remember the exact number, but 15 or 16 individual investors today, um, and only one is outside the U.S. It's a person in the U.K. So you know anybody uh, you know can invest in U.S. African housing finance. Um, I uh, you know to be very frank with you, I only have one uh, African diaspora investor, and and this person actually happened to to be somebody who, who actually bought a house and, and took a loan and, and paid off the loan. But I don't have any other African diaspora investors, and that's a, a little bit um, uh, disconcerting or, or you know, a little surprising to me because I would would hope and expect that uh, you know uh, people in the African diaspora who have some money to invest, this would be a great investment for them because not only are they going to make their nine percent uh, U.S. dollar return, which you know as we say is pretty good, um, but also they're doing something very tangible uh, to help uh, West Africa. 
right, to help the economy in West Africa. Because you can imagine if we're building houses in West Africa, obviously we're, we're employing people. I mean, all the labor, all the electricians, plumbers, bricklayers, everything are all local Africans, right? There's nobody coming in from outside the country to do this. They're all local labor. Um, and then, of course, all the suppliers for the cement and, you know, all the various materials that are needed. Those are all local suppliers right there in country. And so so they're making money. Um, so this is, uh, you know, very, very economically beneficial to to the, the communities and the countries uh, and the regions where this activity is happening. So, um, you know, I'll almost make a plea on this this podcast. You know, if you're uh, you know, if you're if you're an African diaspora and you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, you know, I really want to do something tangible uh, to, to help uh, West Africa. Uh, but at the same time, I'd like to get a reasonable return, right? Because this is not charity. We're not asking you to make a, a charitable contribution. This is an investment. Uh, you know, so if you'd like to make a, a fair return on your money and at the same time know that that money is being used to help, you know, fellow West Africans, I would challenge you to find a better place to invest your money. I don't think you will find it. Can anyone become an investor in U.S. Africa housing finance? Um, so you have to be in a, a, what's called an accredited investor. Uh, in order to to invest, um, and and you know anybody who's who's interested, I'd be happy to talk with them about uh, what that what that uh, requires. Are, are you still looking for investor, and if so, how much money are you looking for? Yeah, so so the answer is yes. You know, I think we're always looking for investors because you know the business is growing, so there's always a need for more. So just to give you a sense, uh, I mentioned you know 33 loans in the portfolio. Uh, that uh, sums to $1.5 million, $1.5 million. So I have $1.5 million of private investment already in uh, in the company. Uh, and uh, I could easily take another another million dollars. And, and, you know, certainly even more than that. But but right now, you know, if somebody were to, to show up at my front door right now and say, hey, I'd like to put a million dollars in USAHF, I'd say, great, let's do it. Are there other options for investment? Um, so, so right now, um, there's really two two ways that one could invest in U.S. African housing finance. One is, as I say, just as a, a direct investment, getting a nine percent return. Um, I can also take some debt investment. Uh, that would be at a lower lower rate. It wouldn't be nine percent. It would be more like five percent. But uh, but that money um, is more secure because uh, it is the the very first money that gets paid back. So much less risk. Okay, you know that I'm from Guinea, and yep. uh, you have been to Guinea. Tell me about your trip. And what do you think about the country and people of Guinea? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I have been to uh, to Guinea. In fact, I was there uh, last November, so November of 2019. Uh, spend entire uh, week, seven days, uh, in uh, in Conakry uh, and uh, in the surrounding areas. So uh, one of our housing developments is, you know, for those listening that are from Guinea, uh, is in a place called Koya, or very near Koya City. I think it's spelled C-O-Y-A-H. If I'm not mistaken, Koya City. Uh, just 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 outside of uh, of Conakry, which is of course the capital of, of Guinea. Um, so I spent time in the capital. I actually, th- those that you that know uh, Conakry well, I stayed at the the Sheraton Grand Hotel, which is a fantastic uh, hotel okay. there. And um, and then you know spent a night in in one of the houses as well that we sell uh, out near Koya City. So I think you asked me, you know, what did I think of of the country? Um, uh, you know, I I had a great time, despite not I don't speak French on. As, as you know, it's a French-speaking country. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, Bob Hornsby, who's the co-founder of American Home Builders, and as I say, a business school classmate of mine, he went with me. He speaks fluent French, so he and I uh, 
you know, went around and uh, uh, toured the development. Uh, uh, in fact, if you go to my my website for U.S. Africa Housing Finance, which is U.S. Um, U.S. Africa HF.com, you go to the photo gallery, you can see a bunch of pictures of me there in uh, uh, in, in in Conakry or in Guinea in general. But um, yeah, just to, to give you a very simple sense of, of what I thought of, of Guinea or my impression, um, I, I, it was actually quite different from what I thought. So I came away with a couple of impressions. Um, you know, one is uh, it was very, very clear to me um, that uh, that certainly the, the young people, and, and I should say I interacted with with you know people probably 35 and, and below quite a bit because th- those are the folks that are generally involved in, in in this business in Africa. They're very, very eager to learn, very, very eager to uh, you know take on you know sort of international ways of doing things you know, be it finance or accounting or construction or safety or, you know, whatever it might be, they, they're really eager to learn. Uh, and, um, you know, American Home Builders of West Africa, the company that builds these houses in Guinea has about I think, 13 or 14 employees on the ground. And, and I met all of them, you know, spent significant time. Um, they're all very proud of the work that they're doing because they're building houses that are being bought by, you know, diasporans, people that live outside the country who've seen, you know, what a house in the U.S. and Europe looks like. And, they realized that, wow, you know, we're building those kinds of houses right here in Guinea. You know, many of them didn't think that was possible. Uh, so, so that was very heartening to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, you know, people were, were incredibly friendly, uh, no, no, no question about that. Um, and I didn't realize that uh, Guinea was so significant in West Africa. I think I heard there's a, a term, I think they call it the water tower of, of West Africa, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, large percentage of, of, of the water uh, for West Africa, you know, in some way, shape, or form, comes through through Guinea because there are many uh, rivers that uh, that flow through. So that was something I, I certainly wasn't uh, wasn't aware of. Uh, and and I should mention that Guinea is the only country in Sub-Saharan uh, Africa that I've been to. So I don't really have any point of reference beyond Guinea. Uh, but uh, if the other countries are are any any you know any way similar to Guinea, then I, I would like to go there as well. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, enjoyed the trip. Would gladly go again. I'm going to go back a little bit, ask you this question. What is the goal of U.S. Africa housing finance in Africa? So the, the goal of U.S. Africa housing finance, um, you know, obviously the short term goal is to, you know, continue to uh, to help finance uh, diasporans to, to purchase uh, houses back in Africa. Uh, uh, and 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 I, you know, I think there's a, a lot of room for that because there are a lot of diasporans and a lot of desire to purchase. But but ultimately, um, you know, we'd like to be involved in uh, in financing uh, within the country for for local buyers as well. Um, that, that's obviously much more challenging because then you have to deal with currency, you know, and and those sorts of things. And, and I, I think ultimately, though, um, the the way that would work would would be through a partnership. You know, I would love to to be in a position where U.S. Africa Housing Finance could create enough uh, interest and understanding uh, that you know there's a, a real business to be had uh, in financing home purchasing in, in Africa, uh, and I'd love to see that uh, encourage local banks or governments to uh, to step up and and do it themselves. And and I would love to to work with them. Um, you know, nothing would make me happier than to. Uh, uh, you know, see some some local African banks or even local governments. Um, you know, take my advice or you know take my business model and and apply it and uh, you know create a, a, a housing market in in Africa, which I think we all know is is desperately needed. There's you know nowhere near enough uh, houses in uh, in Africa. It's a, 
you know severe shortage of housing so before we end this interview is there anything else you want to say yeah i mean there are of course many many things i i, I could say i think the 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 main thing that i would like your listeners to understand um is that um US Africa housing finance is is a unique entity in the sense that um you know people often hear this term impact investing uh which you know simply put that means investing your money not only to make a profit but to have some positive impact in the world and it can be in in many many different ways um I think US Africa housing finance is maybe one of the best examples of an impact investment that one can make because you are not only making a uh, you know a good investment in terms of you know making some some returns for yourself but you are really making a very very significant difference uh in the lives of people in 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 West Africa and and you know when I was in Guinea you know for the week that I mentioned last November I saw that firsthand and and I have to say when I came back from Guinea I I was you know 10 times maybe 100 times more enthusiastic about this business than I was before because I actually saw the people that were benefiting right I've spent time on the construction side I saw you know people who who were employed as you know electricians or laborers or you know what whatever it might be and and you could see okay these people are now you know that they're learning trades right so so if you're building houses uh you know in in West Africa and you learn to be you know even a bricklayer or or an electrician well you're learning a trade that is valuable uh and and can employ you for the rest of your life and you'll probably as a result you know uh educate your children or be able to raise them better and you know it's a it's a a very virtuous cycle it's a good cycle that uh you know raises people up and and that's the way countries and people progress and i just feel great that that i have a small part in doing that and it's a small part i admit um and and i encourage my investors to look at it the same way um you know particularly african diaspora investors you know come join us you know come come join this uh uh the, the, this interesting ride that we're on and you know make a little money along the way but more importantly know that you are doing something very positive for for you know your community back in africa and you know i don't think i've met a, a an african who who you know says i don't care i don't want to help uh you know people back in west africa they all do uh they just don't know how to do it in many cases or they're concerned that if i do it you know i might get ripped off or somebody will steal my money well you know what us africa housing finance is a a very solid way for for you to do it and uh i would encourage everybody you know go to usafricahf.com and uh, feel free to uh to drop me a line give me a call and I'd be happy to give you more details can you tell us how to contact you please yeah so the simplest way is is to go to our website which is www.us a f r i c a h f.com so the hf is for housing finance so us africa hf.com uh and all the information is there you know it'll explain you know a lot of what i explained in the podcast is all explained up there um uh, but uh you know my my email address uh uh is is right there you can uh, send me a message and i will gladly reply and uh, talk to anybody that's interested either in in purchasing a house in uh Uh, in West Africa or obviously investing in uh, US Africa housing finance. Thank you so much sir for joining me this weekend on African People podcast sir. It's been uh, my pleasure uh, Amadou. Uh, this is uh, a topic I love to talk about so glad to talk with you or anybody else that uh, that wants to hear more. Thank you sir. All right, take care. Thank to my guest Ahmed Dilen. Visit his website www.usafrica.com. 
Thank you for joining me this weekend on African People Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, so you will never miss a show again. If you find value in this show, please give me a review or tell a friend about the show. That will help too. Thank you. See you.